everyone, welcome to the Aliyah Day. This is a fine fourth day of the week. It is a Wednesday morning, of course. We are in the power shop Bami Bar, looking at um, the word of Adonai as he spoke it to the children of Israel in the book of what is commonly referred to as the book of Numbers. And we are growing closer to uh, the Shabbat, of course, and closer to the... Uh, uh, to the month of Sivan, which is going to be uh, naturally uh, the celebration of Shavuot. The first of Sivan is actually on the Sunday, this coming Yom Rishon. And so, um, which actually means that next week, because the, sh the uh, Shabbat is going to be uh, uh, Shavuot, um, we have Friday of Shavuot and Shabbat is is uh, according to the calendar here, the Exor Shabbat. So we'll be talking about Shavuot next week. We'll be looking at the holiday of Shavuot all next week and discussing it in detail, Bezrat Hashem, and gaining some more uh, insights into the holiday itself. So that'll be fun, like just like we did during Pesach. During that week of Pesach, we studied Pesach, looked into the insides of Pesach. This will give this chance to look specifically at Shavuot. So we are in Bami Bart this week, though. The fourth Aliyah. An Aliyah day keeps the Yetzirah away. Amen. So, if, uh, by the way, uh, thanks everybody for liking everything and sharing the videos so much and uh, uh, sharing them on all the platforms to include the, new, the newest and greatest platform, <laughs> social, media, like, social media platform, MeWe, right? A lot of people are going to MeWe. Uh, from Facebook, or maybe they're having Facebook and MeWe, and uh, maybe if they have MeWe and Facebook and Twitter, then they have three me. Uh, but in any case, everybody has something going on, so share it everywhere. Share it on MeWe, share it on Facebook, uh, share it on uh, whatever, Twitter, tweet it out there. Uh, and then uh, also want to remind everybody about the text to give, right? We have text to give, so text to give to the mikvah. $54 to text to give. I want to encourage everybody to do that. That would be a great blessing. If you have the Art Scroll Humash, <coughs> the fourth Aliyah is going to be on page 737. Page 737. Chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And we will uh, begin reading, and then we'll do some commentary here and see what Hashem would like to show us from uh, Pama. Parasha Bami Bar. I was trying to connect two words there together. All right, here it is. These are the offspring of Aaron and Moses on the day Adonai spoke with Moshe at Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron. The firstborn was Nadav and Abihu, Eliezer and Itamar. These were the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed Cohen, whom he inaugurated to minister. Nadab and Abihu died before Adonai when they were offered, a, when they offered rather, an alien fire before Adonai in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. But Eliezer and Itamar ministered during the lifetime of Aaron, their father. Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, Bring near the tribe of Levi, and make it stand before Adonai the Kohen, and they shall serve him. They shall safeguard his charge, and the charge of the entire assembly before the tent of meeting, to perform the service of the tabernacle. They shall safeguard all the utensils of the tent of meeting and the charge of the children of Israel. <clears throat> Let me just pause here for a moment because 
Um, very often I comment uh, about the false theology of Messianic Gentileism. And, <clears throat> pardon me, I just want to point out that what is consistent with Torah true Judaism is that, that uh, there are only... Um, there are only three categories of Jews. Only three. They're all Jews. Everybody's a Jew in, the, in, in each of these categories. But there's only three types of Jews. There, aren't, there are not four. Okay, So in the covenant, you have Jews, and they can be broken up into three different categories. One would be the Kohenim, that is the priests. The second category is the Levites. And the third category is the Israelites. This is why when the, when the temple crier, who was known, known as the cock crow, would open up the temple gates in the morning, um, he would call out three times. So the cock crow would, would crow three times every morning. And he would say, priest to your sacrifices, Levites to your service, Israelites to your station. There was not a fourth call that said, Messianic Gentiles to your outer courts. Okay? Um... So I just want to point this out. This is very important because uh, allegedly there has been a, a fourth category, um, but that's not, that's not consistent with Torah law, uh, which is the Bible. So anyway, we continue reading. It says, They shall safeguard all the utensils of the tenth of meeting and the charge of the, of the children of Israel to perform the service of the tabernacle. You shall present the Levites to Aaron and his sons, presented, presented are they to him. And from the children of Israel, you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall safeguard their priesthood, and the alien who approaches will die. Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, Behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel in place of every firstborn. The first issue of every womb among the children of Israel and the Levites shall be mine. From, for every firstborn is mine, on the day I struck down every firstborn in the land of Mitzrayim, I sanctified every firstborn in Israel for myself. From man to beast, they shall be mine. I am Adonai. And that is the end of the, uh, uh, of the, the fifth reading there. Okay, So we're going to go and look at some insights. And we're going to look specifically where, where we left off yesterday. I'm going to turn to Rabbi Monk's. A commentary here because we left off talking about the order of march and um, how uh, jacob was according to the midrash rabbah was the lamb of god considered the lamb of god and how uh, we surrounded the lamb of god as it were when we took him um, back to be buried in canaan and that's the same formation that we find with the tribes now, what's also interesting to point out is that in this scenario of the tribes marching out with the tabernacle in the, in, the, in the center, and what's in the center of the tabernacle? Like, what makes the tabernacle the tabernacle? The tabernacle, uh, is, what makes the tabernacle the tabernacle is the Ark of the Covenant. So everything exists in the tabernacle because of the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant is the nucleus to the tabernacle, and everything surrounds the tabernacle, so if you're looking at it like, like as if it were a cell, then the, you see that the, uh, 
the Ark of the Covenant is at the nucleus. What is interesting is we, we've spoken a lot when I was going through the Parashot in Genesis about Joseph. We were making a lot of connections between Joseph and the Messiah, how Joseph was the suffering Messiah, how the suffering Messiah is actually named after Joseph. And uh, in fact, Joseph is called in the Midrash Rabbah the savior of the world. Okay, So what's interesting is that on this march, I want you to remember that as we're marching and as the tabernacle is in the center of the march and as the, the, the Ark of the Covenant is at the center of the tabernacle, I want you to understand that right next to it, what was being carried along with the Ark was the coffin that is the bones of Joseph. So here we see another spiritual picture that, that we have the, the Ark of the Covenant. Now remember... Because I said yesterday that what went out before us, because it says in the scripture, the ark went before us a three days journey. That's all we say, by the way, when we say the Kuma Hadonai. We say that, we sing that song every single Shabbat. Um, and that song, Arise Adonai, that song is related to the fact that the ark was going out. So we're telling Hashem, go out, right? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, I just realized something for the first time. Not really, but that we're telling Hashem to go before us, Kuma Adonai, but we're talking to the ark, aren't we? And specifically, we're talking to the ark that has the broken tablets in it, which is the ark of the Mashiach ben Yosef. So we're talking to the ark and we're saying, ark, Kuma Yudke Vavke. Kuma Adonai. What makes the Ark the Ark? The, what makes the Ark the Ark is the Torah that's inside. So we're actually now actually literally speaking not to a box necessarily, but we're speaking to the Torah itself. And we're saying Torah. Kuma Adonai. We're saying to the Torah, go forth Hashem. Which means what? Which means the Torah is Hashem. So we sing this song, and then when we we, we we bring the song we bring the Torah back to put put back in the ark, we we say the other verses that are related to the ark coming back after its three day journey to rest in our midst. So that's the first ark that goes out. Okay? In fact, let me just look at let me pardon me for a second, I'm gonna reach across my desk here and grab my sitter. Because I just want to go back here. And this is not the sitter that I use on Shabbat, so I don't necessarily have it uh, marked. But I can probably find it pretty quickly, hopefully, just to be able to read the, 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 the verse. We can see why this is important. Now, the ark that's in the middle, as I said yesterday, is the ark that has the renewed covenant in it, right? It has the renewed covenant. And uh, that ark is the one that has the Mashiach ben Yosef bones next to it as it is moving through, you know, the wilderness. So what's interesting about that is that you have the the bones of the Messiah ben Yosef, who is the savior of the world, who is the, the one who is like the suffering Messiah, right? The one who, was, who, who suffered, who his, his brothers rejected him so that the brothers could be um, so that the brothers could be saved, 
it was necessary for them to reject him. I can't wait to get into the Joseph story again when we get into Devarim for our journey through Genesis, but it, it, you have to understand it was necessary for the brothers, it was necessary, say that with me, necessary. It was necessary for the brothers to reject Yosef so that they could be saved. If the brothers had not rejected Yosef, um, then their salvation would have never happened. very important. The entire family rejected Yosef, in fact. But it's an interesting picture to see that the Ark of the Renewed Covenant, the Ark that has the renewed tablets in it, which is in the center, is the one that is marching abreast of the coffin of the Savior of the world. So the Savior of the world, in other words, the spiritual picture for 40 years in the wilderness is that the Savior of the world has a direct connection to the renewed covenant. And you could look at it like this, perhaps, that the ark with the broken tablets went before us three days, and at the same time, the Savior of the world was next to the renewed covenant. So even though he's over there, he's also over here. So it says, um, when the ark would travel, Moshe would say, Arise, Adonai, right? Vayhi ben soa haron, vayomer Moshe kuma Adonai, vayfutsu oiveika. When the ark would travel, Moshe would say, Arise, Adonai, let your foes be scattered, let those who hate you flee from before you. It's talking about the ark of the broken tablets, right? Now, it's interesting that we say this every time in the synagogue. Uh, so, after we're talking about the, the, the ark going forth, what ark are we talking about? We're talking about the ark of the broken tablets going forth and making the foes scattered and the enemies flee. What do we see? That's, that's job number one of the broken tablets. That's job number one. What's job number two? Job number two is mentioned here in a verse that we sing. We sing this every single Shabbat. We cant it for job number two of the broken tablets. And here it is. For from Zion the Torah will go forth and the word of Adonai from Yushalayim. So job number two is that the word, that the, 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 the Torah rather, will go forth from Zion, that the word of God will go forth from Jerusalem. So job number one is to make the enemies flee. Job number two is to spread the light of Torah. That's the job of the broken tablets. That's the job of the Mashiach bin Yosef. The Savior of the world, which is now accompanying the Ark of the Renewed Covenant. And then it concludes, Blessed is he who gave the Torah to his people Israel in his holiness. That's the song we sing when we're returning the Ark. The Ark is, or excuse me, the Torah rather, to the Ark. It's coming back. We sing uh, this song. Let me just turn here. Where it is? Where it is? Uh, there it is. 
And when it rested, he would say, return Adonai to the myriad thousands of Israel. Now, again, remember, we're talking here about the ark. You know, from time to time, people who come into our synagogue, and sometimes most people who come to synagogue want to learn. They want to do that. But sometimes people come in and they have, they have the wrong attitude. And so I, we have had, it's, it's happened a couple of times, People come in, and then they see the Torah come forth, and they see all the honor and respect we, we, we pay to the Torah, and the Torah goes around the sanctuary, and people honor it, you know. And then sometimes it happens, has, has happened on rare occasions where people will say, ah, oh, that's... They're making an idol out of the Torah. It's, it's just a, 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 an inanimate object. This is terrible, and they, they, they leave. Um, there's more I could say about that as far as the heart of the person, but we'll leave that there. On the one hand, I can, under, I can understand what they would think. Of course, it's ironic because Judaism is expressly against idolatry, so one might ask, well, why do you pay such attention to us, the scroll of Torah? And the answer is, is because of these two verses. Because when the Torah went forth, we said, Arise, Adonai. We were talking to a, a, a physical object and yet calling it Adonai, which is why the sages said, God is not supposed to have a form, and yet we call the ark God. So wait a minute. That means that the Torah is the form of Hashem. The Torah is the image of Hashem. And in like manner, we're saying here, when the ark would come, we'd say, we didn't say, ark, come back. Ark, find your place. Ark, uh, go back to where you started. No, we say, and when it rested, what, when what rested? The ark. When, when, when the ark rested, we would say, return Adonai. We're calling the ark by the name Hashem. Why? Because of the Torah inside. By the way, the, the ark without the Torah inside is just a box. That's any religion that doesn't have Torah is just, it's just a box. It's an empty box. It's an empty shell. You say, well, it's pretty. It's a gold box. It's got little beautiful angels on it. It's very ornate. It's handcrafted. It's, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it was, it was put together by Zales, Zales jewelers. And it's just amazing. Diamonds by Jared got involved too, which is gorgeous. You say, well, is, is there Torah inside? No, but it's beautiful. Well, it's a beautiful, empty sh shell, hollow box. It's beautiful nothingness. So it says, and it, when it rested, he would say, return Adonai to the myriad thousands of Israel. Arise, Adonai, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed in righteousness, and your devout ones will sing joyously. For the sake of David, your servant, turn not away the face of your anointed. For I have given you good a teaching. Do not forsake my Torah. That's interesting, isn't it? God has to uh, remind us that he's given us a good teaching. Do not forsake the Torah. Why would Hashem tell us not to forsake the Torah? Because he knew that we would forsake the Torah. A rule exists because at some point somebody broke the rule. So, that was the preface to this insight. <laughs> it says the insignias correspond to the twelve signs in the heavens. 
These are the groups of three corresponding to the four sides of Jacob's coffin and the four directions of the compass. Did you know that? Did you know that the, the directions of the compass are related to the four directions of our march in the wilderness? I want you to think about that. I want you to think about the fact that when you look at the compass, you're looking at the march of the tabernacle in the wilderness. It says, uh, these four signs also symbolize the four basic forces of nature as represented by the signs of the chariot of Ezekiel's vision. The face of man is in the east. Okay? The lion in the south, the ox in the north, and the eagle in the west. On the banner of Reuben, there are, appeared the figure of a man decorated with a climbing plant. That is a jasmine. Uh, or some, it's a dudaim, which here is being translated as jasmine. Uh, but there's there's a difference of opinion on that. But I like jasmine. I like jasmine rice. Rebbetzin fixes jasmine rice all the time. It's our favorite. Judah's banner had a lion. The ox was on Ephraim's banner. The banner of Dan held the figure of an eagle, which calls to mind a winged snake or serpent. So it says here, the banner of the camp of Judah. Judah always led, he always led the march, and, and is therefore men, uh, mentioned first. Judah was always the first to set up camp the first to offer sacrifices, the first in battle, and will be first to experience redemption in the time to come. The tribes of Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun marched together in the leadership position on the east. Now that's interesting because Judah represents royalty, of course. Issachar represents Torah study. And Zebulun, the tribe of Zebulun represents the... Uh, monetary uh, means by which one can study Torah. In other words, Zebulun is credited with providing for Issachar so that Issachar could study Torah and disseminate it to everybody else. In other words, Zebulun made it possible for Issachar to do the job of study so that they would not have to be busy uh, working in the fields and so on. They could focus their life on studying the Word of God. So what we have leading out first is the Mashiach, Torah, and fidelity to making the Torah available vis-a-vis monetary giving. That would, that's what leads out first. So it says here, they, pre- they represented Hashem's kingship, His Torah, thus personifying the spiritual leader leadership and direction of the nation. So these three tribes led out. It wasn't by coincidence. It wasn't just, you know what, it wasn't just Hashem saying, you know, I think that maybe it might be a good idea for Judah and Issachar and Zebedee. No, this is supposed to be saying, this is what is supposed to lead the nation. Torah study, Messiah, Messiah Torah study, and our material effort being directed towards Torah study. You know, the reason that you... A lot of people think that they, they, they work and earn a living so that they can buy a new car or buy a nice house or buy nice clothes, which is fine. You should have all of that. 
But the real reason why you work is so that you can provide a means by which you can study God's Torah and make it possible to live for Him. That's really the truth. So what this is saying is, look, Messiah, Torah study, and making provision for Torah study, that's what's supposed to lead us as a nation. So it says, to the south, leading the tribes of Gad and Simeon was a tribe of Reuben, who was the classic Baal Tshuva. Having saved Joseph from the hands of his brothers, the south represents the moral forces of regeneration in the universe, the source of earth's natural blessing of fruitful winds, good grain, and, and dew. The tribe of Ephron led the tribes of Manasseh and Benjamin marching to the west of the camp. So, so just to recap here, we lead out with these things, Messiah, Torah study, and the, and the provision of Torah study. And then now we have next, in, in, the, in the line, next we have is um, the idea of, of teshuva. So this is it. So we lead out with Messiah. We lead out with Torah. We lead out with making provision for Torah. And then there's always a possibility that we may fail in that endeavor. We may fail in our, in our fidelity to the Mashiach. We may fail in our fidelity to the Torah. We may, we may fail in our understanding about what it means to make. We, we, in other words, you know, we may be out there making a living and we're trying to, our focus on making a living is just so we can have better stuff. Which again, I, I'm not against stuff at all. I think, I think having nice stuff is great. Um, but we forget that, that our, our, the reason we're trying to make a living is so, so that we can do the things for God. We're not slaves to poverty. But we realize we may fail in that effort. We may get stuff focused. So God says, that's okay, because following right behind you is teshuva. Following right behind you is the ability to, to repent. Following right behind you is the ability to look at your, your situation and say, you know what? This can be fixed. You know, and the fact of the matter is, is that someone said a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in a message I was listening to, they said, if you're still breathing, you're still in the game. Someone says, well, I just think my life is just so screwed up. It's just a hot mess and then nothing can be done. My response to you would be, are you still breathing? Well, naturally, you're talking to me, so your answer has to be yes. Well, so then, then there's still a, a hope for, for betterment. There's hope for improvement. There's hope to make chuva. Nothing is so screwed up that God can't fix it. Have you heard of the universe? It was null and void and without form, and God took it from nothing and made something out of it. So it says, uh, the tribe of Ephraim led by the tribes of Manasseh, led rather, the tribes of Manasseh and Benjamin, marching to the west of the camp. These three tribes held the important, important rather, rear guard position from which they were able to repulse enemy attacks. They personified might in battle. One of the most important positions in the military is that of the, of the rear guard. People talk about the vanguard. Well, um, I've, if in my life, I've, I've been interested in Civil War history. And, and as a result of that, I got involved in the Napoleonic tactics um, 
I'm not just saying that because I love French stuff, but I actually do have a book, um, a, an original publication about uh, Napoleonic tactics, and I've had the opportunity to, in Civil War reenactments, employ those tactics on the field. But um, sometimes armies have to retreat. Sometimes armies have to fall back. Sometimes armies have to uh, choose to fight another day or whatever. And, and very often, the best of the best units within the army, the most elite, um, uh, like the Fusiliers and the, and the Grenadiers of the French army, were used as the rear guard. Because you want your best to fight the rear guard. Why? Because you don't want your army overtaken by an advancing enemy. So you would launch these, um, the, and the French Fusiliers, or the Grenadiers, and that... A relative small force of the rear guard was so uh, elite and so good that they could stop the entire army of the enemy and dead in their tracks while the rest of the French army, or any other army, I'm using the French army, while the rest of the, the army had a chance to retreat and, and regain itself. So that's what it's saying here. What's interesting about this is that being led by Ephraim, this is the Messiah ben Yosef. So the Messiah ben Yosef is A, our rear guard. Also, we see here that this is also an illustration of the first shall be last, because in this case, the Messiah ben Yosef is the, comes last in the march, but yet he came first before Judah. And finally, it says, marching to the north, the tribe of Dan was accompanied by the tribes of Asher and Naphtali. The three northward tribes contributed the most to the material well-building of the nation, the north has always been associated with material wealth. This is why the sages say, if you're really, really needing a financial blessing, then you really need to pray to God facing north. End of our Aliyah today. We are out of time, but not out of content. We'll be back tomorrow to continue this theme and more discussions of the fifth Aliyah. Until then, have an amazing, blessed, and fun day, and we'll look forward to seeing everybody tomorrow with God's help. Shalom Aleichem.